I would like to propose doing away with the leaderboard. No, I, I appreciate <laughs> seeing Christiane at the top up there. So. I, I, uh, all right. You're not skunked. You have No, some. I have. I, that's true. That's true. It's, you know what? They're good losses. Like that last one, like I was in the game. Mm-hmm. It came down to the last. I, uh, all right. You what didn't do you, even ask a good question. All right. <laughs> all right. What do, you, what do you have? What do you got for us today? Today we have a perennial forb that right. gets 18 to 24 inches tall, 12 to 18 inches wide. It is native to marshes, swamps, wet meadows, and stream margins from Newfoundland to Alaska, south to Nebraska, Tennessee, and North Carolina. And its wetland indicator status is obligate. All right. Perennial forb found in marshes. All right. Okay. Tom, do you want right. to ask the first yeah, question? Yeah, tell, tell me the... That could be so many things. Tell me that's, the flower yeah. color. That's yeah. that's the big definer for me, I think. It is bright yellow. Oh, gosh. Oh, maybe that's it. I think I might have an idea. Uh, Brian, you do me a favor if it's if you asked if it was something we grow or not. But, <laughs> but you don't have to. You can ask no, whatever you'd like. No, 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 no. Um, is it... What is the the bloom time? It's a good one. Uh, April to June. Yep. All right. I think I know it. I'm writing <laughs> it down. I might cause... be. I might get on the the board for our first <laughs> guest here. All right. I, I'm writing down my answer before we say, it, just so we can. All right. Me too. All right. What do you got? I did Calvopalustris. That's that's what I have as Marsh well. Marigold. Woohoo! All right, we both got yeah. it. Take that, Christiane. <laughs> I'm still winning. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. I'm Christiane. <laughs> Not ready for your no, call. Oh, wow. It's okay. Uh, you're, you're new to this. <laughs> Keep it up and uh, you'll be hitting the road. So. Uh, today's native plant is Caltha palustris, which is marsh marigold, and it's also called cowslip. Uh, so this is actually one that Tom and I are both familiar with. Mm-hmm. We had at some point grown it on the nursery, and we, we no longer do. It was We were having trouble actually finding a valid seed source to continue yeah, to grow and it. I have a... a Fond memories of this plant because I used to go and collect a lot of seed from it, and um, it was very finicky, like really finicky, because it was just, it was really easy to go too early, and it was also really easy to go too late. It had a really narrow window when the seed was actually in the pot and ripe and ready to fall out, and um, and it was, it typically grew in places you had to wear your your muck boots. You weren't just walking in there. In sneakers and expecting to come out clean. Exactly, and this is if I I'm trying to remember correctly, it's considered more of an ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah. You know, it does kind of disappear so. as the as the season progresses on. But as as Christiane had mentioned, it's 12 to 24 inches tall. I don't know if I've ever seen it that tall personally. Yeah. I picture it as right more around a foot. Is where foot. I remember it. Uh, 12 to 18 inches wide. It is an obligate because uh, you find it mainly native to marshes, swamps, mm-hmm. wet meadows, stream margins, um, and it is. Uh, Newfoundland, 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 
to Alaska, south to Nebraska, Tennessee, North Carolina, the perennial form in the Ranunculaceae family. Are you impressed by that? Ranunculaceae. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a great choice for water gardens, bog gardens, or wet meadows. And I guess if you were going to plant this in in your yard, you could also use it as an accent or, or part of a ground cover mass planting. You're going to want a really wet area yeah. to do that, yeah. which some people have in their yards. They have that, like, wooded edge, and, and it's a little bit marshy or swampy. That's a good place to put this plant. Um, it has showy blooms that uh, can it really, be— It stands out. Yeah. It really does. It can be used in deer-resistant plantings and wetlands. Uh, and the flowers, which we mentioned, they're bright yellow. They're— Fairly small, but there's a lot of them. Uh, they're only like one to two inches in diameter, and then they have five to nine waxy, deep yellow petal-like sepals that bloom April to June. It's it's a nice early color. Now, the one thing I, I want to point out, and, and we've talked about this on Native Plants Healthy Planet, it looks very similar to lesser celandine, which is a non-native invasive. So it, it's close that close enough that it, it can be hard to tell apart. Um and lesser celandine, like we just mentioned that that marsh marigold has five to nine waxy mm-hmm. deep yellow petals. Lesser celandine has eight petals. Yep. So that is more of the difference. That and, and lesser celandine has tubers and, and calpha doesn't. You're going to see lesser celandine in much larger swaths than, mm-hmm. than you're going to find marsh marigold. Yeah. And then what I was mentioning before is the flowers give way to seed pods, which are going to split open. Uh, when they're ripe and disperse, disperse the seeds. So this is what I remember. It wasn't um, – why am I blanking on the other plant name? When you touch it and it, it like, explodes. What plant is that? Uh, Fran's forgetting to. I'm forgetting to. Um, I know what you're talking but about. But it's not quite like that where you touch it and all of a sudden they shoot everywhere. Yeah. But if you, like, touched it right – like, when the seed was ripe and hadn't fallen out yet, you would touch the seed pod and it would just kind of crack open and fall out right in your hand. It was like – if I remember correctly, it was like these little round – uh, seeds maybe about poppy seed side maybe a yeah. little bit bigger yeah. so uh, yeah. it, it is long stalked roundish decordate basal heart shaped leaves in the spring uh, the leaves achieve a mature size of four inches long by four inches across in summer after flowering and then the upper stem leaves are smaller and stalkless um, it does take sun to part shade uh, which yeah. it's pretty I consider a little more sun, like that marsh open mm-hmm. area it can take mild shade, but yeah. Where I remember collecting it was I don't want to. It wasn't heavily shaded. It was uh like a shrubby thicket. Yeah, and so you had this dappled shade or dappled sun, and um because the the uh, shrubs didn't have their leaves on yet. But if you went back in the summer, it was actually pretty dark in there. Yeah. Um, but it was like in that spring, early spring season, it really, it was pretty bright for having that much like, like stem thickness, um, where these one, and that was just that particular site. Yeah. No, different elsewhere. You know, and looking ahead, that makes sense. Um, it, it can grow in shallow water. It's saying up mm -hmm. to four to five inches deep of, uh, permanent inundation. Uh, occasionally, you know, in the right conditions, it can suffer from fungal diseases like powdery mildew and rust. Uh, that's really the only things that may hamper it, but it can seem to disappear during hot and dry weather, but usually returns with full vigor in the next year. I wonder if, like where you were collecting it, if yeah. it shades out, mm-hmm. like that's yeah, and then it kind of just kind of dis- disappears. It's still there, but it's just not as noticeable. Yeah. Um, so that it grows from a rib- uh, fibrous root system with a thick cauda- 
caudex. Caudex. Uh, it spreads through rhizomes, that fibrous root system, and also by self-seeding. Once it colonizes an area, you can expect it to thrive for many decades as long as the conditions don't change, which is what happened in that place yes. is the conditions changed, and then I couldn't find it there anymore. And that's what I've heard from our propagation department is that where we used to collect seeds, sometimes it's gotten more wet or less wet, and that plant has mm-hmm. yep. has uh, failed to survive. So, so, And then the nectar and pollen of the flowers attract the giant bee flies, cifrid flies, uh, houseated bees, honeybees, and others. And uh, two leaf beetles are occasionally found on the foliage. That is the – oh, why didn't I let you take this <laughs> one, friend? The Platymaris nitida and the – or nitida and the Hydrothassa vitata – and they may eat the foliage. But other than that, because the foliage is accurate and contains toxic uh, alkaloids and uh, glycosides, it's usually avoided, avoided by most mammalian herbivores. But the seeds are eaten by wood duck, sora rail, upland game birds, meadow v- vole, eastern chipmunk, and other small rodents. So if I had a wet enough area in my property, it would be feeding all of those because I have them all. Yeah, and, and how can we eat as people? I'm going to tell you the young leaves are uh, are edible when they're cooked or as cooked greens when they're boiled. Uh, the flower buds may be cooked and pickled in vinegar and used as a substitute for capers. Wow. And um, and no plant of the plant – this is like the disclaimer. No part of this plant should ever be eaten raw. Uh, it's yeah. similar to pokeweed and that kind of thing. Yeah. you got to cook it. you got to treat it somehow before you eat it. Yeah, so Caltha is derived from the ancient Greek kalathos, meaning goblet, and is said to refer to the shape of the flower. I always love mm-hmm. the, yeah. that. Um, the species epithet palustris is Latin for of the marsh and indicates its common habitat. And the common name is linked to marigold uh, due to its use for medieval churches at Easter as a tribute to the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Hey, I got a quick, uh, quick aside here. Yeah. Did we ever figure out why crab apples are called crab apples? I I let in with that really strong, and then I don't think we ever got no, that. No, we answer. forgot. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Maybe that's what we we talk about in Native Plants Healthy Planet, friend. Yeah. All right. There why you go. are crab apples called crab apples? So you'll have to listen over there to a future Buzz episode, and we will discuss. That very topic. I like that. Now all we have to do is remember to yeah. talk about oh, it. Right. <laughs> we didn't remember to talk about it on the last yeah. episode. Uh, all right. You ready to – Tom has taken a very good lead in the lightning round uh, four yeah. to one so far. So I need to get back on the board. Can you can I'll you do my best that? to prevent that. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. True, false. Marsh marigold is more closely related to buttercups than marigolds. Okay. All right. True, false. A good way to tell. Um... Oh, shoot. This is, not the... very, this is not <laughs> very lightning. <laughs> yeah, I know. To tell marsh marigold and lesser calendine Selen- apart. Selendine. Selendine is based on the flower petals, marsh marigold being five to nine, and selendine having eight or more. Well, I, don't, I, I know think the about answer to that answer. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pick one of them. In which of the following pieces of literature is Calthopolustris not mentioned in? Symboline by William Shakespeare, Shirley by Charlotte Bronte, Mansfield Park by Jane Austen, Overlooking the River Stour by Thomas Hardy, or King Cup Cottage by Racy Helps? All right. <laughs> True, false, this plant would be a great choice for coastal plantings. 
And then true false for best flowering, you should cite the plant, plant this plant in full sun. However, full sun in the summer may force a plant to go dormant. All right. I'm, I, I feel okay. Yeah. I'm not as confident as yesterday, <laughs> but I feel I, okay. I consider myself to be fairly well read, but I had not read a single one of those. Books. No, me neither. I've heard of a handful yeah. of them. Yeah. I know. I've I heard of Billy author. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Hit us with some answers. Hit us with some truth. True. This species is not a true marigold of the Aster family in spite of its common name. All it right. is more closely related to buttercups, which are ranunculus. True. Don't confuse the native marsh marigold for the non-native lesser celandine, uh, a wetland invader found mostly in the eastern U.S. Uh, save three for last. Okay. Go to number four. False. It has no salinity tolerance, so no coastal plantings. Do, I, think, right. I can tell by Fran's <laughs> grin uh, he's doing well. All right. And then true, you the plant will go dormant in full sun in the heat of summer. Right. How you doing? I am four for four. I am four it's, for four also. Coming so down to the, coming down to the true ball. All right, what do you got? What would you guys pick? I I don't remember the name of the book. I went with the second one, which was I wrote down Bronte. Bronte. Shirley by Charlotte Bronte. I went with Jane Austen. It was Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. Wow! Wow! Wow, Five for five. Woo! I figured that was false because Christiane had to come up with one name, and she went with Mansfield Park because. We're in Mansfield. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a little. I wasn't sure if that was a real book or not. Oh, I it's was, a, I okay. Yeah, it's a real yeah. okay. It's a real book. So I, Jane Austen really her, did read that. Write, write that, that book. book. Yes. Yeah, she probably it, read it too. Yes. But <laughs> All right, five for five. Yeah. I'm back on the board today. Feeling pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Actually, we both guessed it today too. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm either a hundred percent or nothing. Yeah. Tuesdays are my days because I think I was perfect last Tuesday. Yeah. So, all right. So there you go. Are you putting it in your yard? No. I don't have any place to put it in my yard. Yeah. It is a it is a really interesting plant if you have those type of conditions. Um, I don't know if this is actually true, but I always kind of paired it in my head with skunk, like skunk cabbage as being places like that's where yeah. this should grow. But I can't say I've ever seen them there together, so I'm wondering if that's actually true. But if you have – that kind of like wet marshy conditions, and you can find it available. Then I would say you could you could plant it. It'll give yourself I, a little early season color. I agree. Like if you have a vernal pond or like a, a little drainage way, um, like I think that would make a nice addition to that. I don't have that on my property. How about you, Christiane? Me neither. I haven't been actually invited to Christiane's house, so I don't know what her property looks like. I invited you yesterday. No, you. I you, invited you yesterday. Don't lie. you invited my bloody Marys? You didn't really invite me. Well, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Skunk cabbage and Catholic plushes will go together. I have some pictures that I just found on Google. So this is yeah. If you have skunk cabbage in your backyard and you don't have this already, that's a, a good spot because it gets that seasonal inundation where you'll get a little. It can fit in a little bit of standing water. Um, that's not everyone has that. If yeah. you made a little bog garden, maybe it'll work yeah. in your yard there. But um, if you have that kind of, and you want to just add a little bit more habitat diversity, it might already be there, and you might not need it. But if you don't, or if it's not there, then something. You it's can a add. it's a nice early bloom and a nice bright yellow flower that makes you think of spring. 
So great choice if you have those conditions. Like Tom said, add it to your property. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with another native plant, and until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.